I'm Natalia Loback, and this is Change Course. Innovation and Adoption. In the last episode, I talked about this idea of resistance and using negative incentives, and also a little bit about the innovation, diffusion of innovation curve, how that works, and then how that works in terms of change adoption. So today I'd like to get a little bit deeper into this idea around the diffusion of innovation. So this idea that innovation has a life of its own and the way that innovation is adopted has a life of its own. So um, there's some great work by Everett M. Rogers called, and the, you know, the book is called Diffusion of Innovations, but the work has really been adapted into this bell curve. So if you have done any study of statistics you know, you certainly have come in contact with it. The idea of many things in the natural world, having a distribution, a normal distribution that looks like the bell curve. So, you know, when you're looking at the bell curve, you've got the very, very front end of it is your innovator group. So that's about 2.5% of your entire population. Then you've got your early adopters. That's another 13.5%. Your early majority, 34. So that's like a big chunk of people. Late majority, 34%. And once you get to that point, you've only got about 16% left. And that's your, you know, your laggards. And so if you are, you know, at the point of having pushed through an innovation to you know, full adoption by your late majority, you're really at about 84% adoption before, you know, you get to that group of laggards at the end, 16% really. So we see this all the time in terms of, you know, how things, you know, how the general world, um, you know, picks up uh, you know, policy mandates, innovation, etc. So when we look at what's been happening in the pandemic, thus to date, vaccine uptake, certainly where I'm living, which is in Canada, has been very close to what has followed this um, innovation adoption curve. Now, if you, you know, had no uh, restriction of supply, we had some supply issues here. So, you know, you didn't see a perfect bell curve when it, uh, you know, started to roll out, but you certainly did see those groups, innovators, your early adopters, your early majority, then, you know, pushing through that late majority as you're getting into that, you know, um, 60 to 85% and your laggards being that 16% at the very, very end. So it's important when you're planning for leading a change that you consider this adoption curve. There's also some great work in Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point that aligns with this really, really well. And I often use some of the concepts from The Tipping Point as well when I'm putting together a really successful change program. 
So your early adopters and your innovators are a really, really important group. Because as much as you think that you might be at the forefront of leading this change forward, what is more effective is actually using a network effect. And so leaning into these innovators and early adopters are, you know, it's really, really important in order to help the success. And what do these innovators and early adopters look like? Well, um, and I'd, I'd encourage you to read Gladwell's The Tipping Point um, because he talks about certain characteristics, connectors, mavens, um, you know, these individuals who have very specific character archetypes, who have very specific, uh, you know, types of roles in um, promoting change. And you'll, you know, you need to find those people in your organization. So who are those connectors? Who are those mavens? Who are, you know, who is that diverse group of, you know, the typical term is change champion um, that's going to help you evangelize and influence their peer group around adopting the change because that's actually what is going to help you get more adoption in the long run rather than you know an overabundance of top-down messaging so you know there are a number of things that have to come together in order to make it successful and i'm only talking about a couple different things here but in order to get that curve like you know get the the big momentum moving forward, it's really important to tap into those innovators and early adopters. Um, there's also some work, um, you know, around the diffusion of technology where specifically this idea of crossing the chasm. So you may have heard this, and I mean, that term is out there a lot in the lexicon. What it actually means is moving from your early adopters to your early majority, this crossing the chasm. And it's actually a lot of um, diffusions of innovations and a lot of efforts will actually fail at the point of early adopters because you just can't get momentum into the, in, in through your early and late majority. And that's sort of where it peters out and fails. So the crossing the chasm piece is actually really important in change as well. So getting over that hump, so to speak, um, you know, because really what we're talking about here is like a big bell curve hump, um, is it's critical to work through the network effect, work through those relationships and how the individuals that you're tapping into are connected to others. And looking at who are those influencers within your group that you're that you're working with? Who are those influencers and how do they influence? And you need you need a good diversity in that group in order to be able to cross that chasm. You're also going to need some very clear uh, communications strategies. This is where you may also have some public relations, some, uh, you know, some training, that kind of stuff to help that crossing of the chasm, um, as well as a really clear understanding of who your stakeholders are. Um, uh, and also, you know, where to meet them, how to access them and what is the messaging that's 
going to resonate with them? Uh, you know, what's in it for them really importantly. So, you know, a number of different things need to come together to make that happen. But, you know, importantly, getting your, you know, your first two groups aligned and ready to go is really, really important. So as we talk about that, um, I also need to mention that very last group, that 16% right at the end of your bell curve. So the laggards. And these are the ones that are really, really hard to influence. They're the ones that just, you know, they're waiting for more information. They're waiting, you know, to see what happens. And to be honest, this is the group you want to spend the least amount of time on. Because number one, as I mentioned in the last podcast, uh, these folks, some of these folks have made up their mind. They are not going to change. They're not interested. And nothing you say, nothing you do, nothing their friends do, nothing other people do will influence them. And that's okay. There's, you know, an opportunity for them to move on, go elsewhere. Um, You know, if you're looking at a big organizational change, this is where organizational exit uh, comes into play. But really, you know, probably about, you know, half of that group of that 16%. So, you know, maybe another eight or so, eight to 10% will actually fall into line with the change as they see it moving forward. And that's why when I talk about change resistance, the only place you really want to think about resistance is in crossing the chasm. So in that first part of your change, how are you going to overcome resistance in order to access the majority of your group? But you do not want to be dealing with resistance management um, at the end of your change effort when you're looking at change adoption by that last 16%. Because in reality, probably about 10% of those laggards are going to join the group once they see that there really isn't another option. They'll weigh the options in front of them and then, and then make a decision that's best for them. Alternatively, the only point at which negative incentive is really acceptable is at that very end. So for example, if you must for some reason have 90% um, acceptance or, you know, if you're looking at um, achieving a very, very high specific goal and there could be reasons for that. For example, regulatory safety is a really good reason that you would want 100% compliance in a change effort. Um, safety, safety of others, safety of your community. You don't want that last 5% having a negative impact on the rest of the of the group or the community. So if you're in a situation where, um, you know, for example, if you're, you know, in an industrial setting, you are implementing a new safety standard. And if that standard is not adhered to, there could be negative consequences for the rest of the group that you're working with. Or there could be negative consequences for those people who resist and, and you know, are 100% against that change. Fine. Negative incentive is the only acceptable thing to do at the very end and if you need a very, very high level of adoption. If you use negative incentive too early, what will happen is it will create negative emotions, anger, and more resistance within your community. If you use it at the end, 
what it actually does is it sends a very specific message. Again, things are, you know, this is all still about choice, but you know, if there are going to be consequences to not applying, um, or not, um, adopting a change, then those individuals who do not want to adopt the change have a choice because they know the negative incentive that may be present if they, that may be applied if they, if they don't adopt. What it also does is by, you know, if you've consistently had the messaging that 100% adoption is required, we must have this for these reasons. If you don't imply the negative incentive at the end to work out that last 5% of adoption, what will happen is that you will lose those early adopters. You'll lose their trust, their faith in you. You will lose... Um, their alignment and adherence to the change because what it does is it actually undermines your messaging if you don't apply it. I hope that this was helpful. Getting a bit deeper on the concepts that I talked about in the last episode. Of course, all of the references from today's podcast can be found in our show notes at www.charthouse.ca and look for the Change Course Podcast. While you're visiting us, please sign up for our newsletter and stay on top of all things change and what we're working on. This podcast can be found anywhere that podcasts are available. And remember, it's never too late to change course.